This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Doug Ford is in the house with his highly anticipated book, Ford Nation, Two Brothers, One Vision. Doug, congratulations and thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for having me in, Libby. Okay, so did you get everything off your chest in this book? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. A fraction of it. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, came out a few months ago and and said that, uh, you know, everyone's uh, going to be, be uh, called out. And then I sat down with her family and, and uh, my mother in particular, and she said, do you want to make the story attacking people or do you want to make it about Rob and her family? And uh, she just said it pretty simple as that and i i thought yeah it's probably probably better to not worry about uh you know coming back and going after people and i i thought why don't we tell the story that uh you know really is a better representation of who rob was than what the media painted him as Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, told us that off the top because there was this kind of anticipation that, that this mm-hmm. was going to blow the lid off media elites, yeah. politicians, courts. So, so uh, you well, took the, a, yeah, a the, different direction. Yeah, too bad you couldn't read the transcripts the first few rounds. <laughs> oh, don't tease us with that, <laughs> Doug. You. Well, <laughs> Unless true. you want to yeah. tell us what was in those transcripts. No, because, uh, no, I, I, they were good, actually. But, uh, again, when you sit down with the family and you, you have a decision, because the it, it makes me laugh with the media that, you know, if you don't call people out, you're in trouble. But if you did, you'd be in more trouble. So you can't win sometimes. Okay. Well, I, I know that um, you feel quite aggrieved that the, the media was against you and, and Rob, as well as the mm-hmm. so-called elites. Well, 100, there's not even a doubt. And anyone who denies that, you know, I don't know if they've been living underneath a rock or what. But, uh, yeah, they, they were, uh, and then some justified, some not. But uh, the elites, uh, the the political establishment didn't like us, even in the even in the conservative party that we've voted for, you know, since I've been born. Um, they they didn't support us provincially or federally. Uh, liberals never supported us. NDP, but the people did. The traditional NDP voter, traditional liberal voter, and some fiscal conservatives uh, voted for us. So, really, the ethnic community supported us along with. Uh, the big uh, part of the blue-collar voters, union voters. Uh, what do you think it is uh, that appealed to people about Rob? He's famous, mm-hmm. has always been famous for returning every phone call, fixing yeah. every crack. Um, <laughs> yeah. Is that kind of retail politics? Was was mm-hmm. was that the secret? Yeah, Rob used to say it was like shooting fish in a barrel. You go try to help someone, number one, it's very rewarding. Uh, when you try to help someone, and it might be a, a minor issue to you and I, but uh, you drive out of your, your driveway and you, you go through this pothole every single day, it drives you crazy. Rob would go over and fix it. Uh, present counselors wouldn't return people's calls. They wouldn't show up. 
Rob would return every call, no matter what issue it was. It could be a federal, provincial, or municipal issue. Rob would show up and fix the problem. Okay, but we 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 all knew that yeah. about Rob mm-hmm. and and his approach. So, what do you think, um, or how do you portray him? What about your portrayal of him in the book? Uh, tells us something that we didn't know about him or that we had mm-hmm. wrong. Well, there there was quite a few different uh, areas that I I think they had Rob wrong, and and maybe anyone that sat down with Rob had a coffee or really got to know him the, the exact same thing that say rob is nothing like the uh media portrays him to be and i agree um is a very caring heart love the people he didn't care you know if you were white black pink purple what religion what race you know gay straight whatever he'd he'd be there at your front door uh, do you think that maybe uh, you and he were, there's this phenomenon going now uh, mm-hmm. on now, populism, that's what swept Donald Trump to power. Were you kind of uh, an early iteration of that? Rob, Rob pioneered populist, you know, movement in, in uh, Canada. I think it went down to the, the States as well, but it's right across the world. You saw over in UK the Brexit vote. You see in uh, the vote in Iceland, Poland, Philippines, even, um, and people are just fed up with the phony politicians, and they're in all three parties. And people are, are tired of you know politicians lining their own pockets and their buddies' pockets. And I, I you see it all the time by backroom deals. Rob put an end to it. Rob put it put it, but but who lined their pockets? I'm, I'm sorry, who lined their pockets? Yeah, you're saying politicians are lining their pockets. Oh, no, 100%. You know, they, they line their pockets. The only thing Rob and I always said, the hardest thing is catching them with a paper bag and the money in it. Okay, but, but you know, it was you know again, you're saying, you're saying it's <laughs> happening. Like, where is it happening exactly? Well, again, Libby, if, if you don't have 100%, you know, on camera taking money, you can't prove it. You know what's happening. You know zoning's being changed from uh, uh, industrial to provincial. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, industrial to residential. Yeah. Well, it's like winning a lottery ticket. You do that, your, your property is worth, you know, three, four times the amount. Happens frequently. Um, you know, you, you get contracts, all source deals. We put an end to that. So people would get a contract and no one would bid against them. The contract would be $50 million. You know, you, you have to question that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as simple as just recently, and this, this is legal, actually, this is legal, but I put it into question. The prime minister has a business person that donates a million dollars to his father's foundation. It's legal. Is it right? No. <laughs> People just don't buy, buy into it. They don't, they, they look at it. I'm not saying it is, but they look at it as pay to play. People just don't come up because you're a good guy and give you a million dollars. Well, well, I I have to agree with you there. Mm-hmm. So so let me ask you this: um, the the feeling that I got from mm-hmm. your book is that uh, you felt that you were specifically, say, targeted by the media because you were populist or or because of your positions. But now you mm-hmm. see. Um, Trudeau is taking it on the chin in the media for the very thing that you're pointing. Oh, there's a love affair out. with Trudeau. You got to be kidding. Well, there's an well, absolute love affair. They 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 gush over this guy. They can't get enough of him. 
Right, but but right, now that right. these things are coming out, they're being reported. Are they not? There, there. He's being taken to task for that. Yeah, it's the front of the Globe know, and Mail just, today. It just started, and, and the gravy train's in full swing in Ottawa. You know, you have one guy moving from Toronto to Ottawa for two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Who's getting the two hundred fifty? Show me the contract. I'm a business guy. I, I can figure out. It doesn't cost two hundred fifty thousand dollars to move from Toronto to Ottawa. Who gets the money? Who is the contract? But guess what? It was all swept under the carpet. Media never. I if we ever they... did that, we'd be executed on the stake. <laughs> okay, let's get back to yeah. um, to Rob. Um, and uh, you covered quite poignantly mm-hmm. um, Rob's problems with addiction. That's right. Uh, but when you first get into it and you're mm-hmm. going over how it was covered by the media with the infamous crack video... Mm-hmm. On the one hand, you kind of say it was a bit of a media, it was a media witch hunt, and they were going mm-hmm. after him. But right after that, you kind of admit that, that Rob lied to you and that mm-hmm. you had no idea. So yeah. how do those things <laughs> Well, it was, it was prior. It was prior. As soon as Rob jumped in the race, the Toronto Star came after him with vengeance. Just imagine, Libby, if I accused you of hurting a kid. Ah, that's staggering. That's an outright lie. Imagine if I, even within the video... Imagine if I. But you were saying that the the crack video was. That, that's a right. Witch I'm, hunt. I'm, no, I'm I'm saying right right from the get go. Right. There was a witch hunt. Yeah, I I was there doing the interviews. It was vicious. You know when you you, you do four or five interviews for five years every single day, you know when you're getting it. You know <laughs> when you aren't getting it. Right. So. But with the crack video, mm-hmm. you first felt it was part of a witch hunt, but then. Mm-hmm. So which was it? Was it well, part of it? It was true, yeah, though. Let's, let's say right off the top, yeah. Rob was guilty. He admit, admitted his guilt after. Uh, he went to go get help. And the thing that probably bothered me the most, and I'll never forget it, there was media people that I know was doing cocaine. I've, I've heard <laughs> numerous sources because people were calling us. As they were attacking Rob, I'll never forget it. One guy was attacking Rob say, saying to him, are you doing cocaine? And you know, all his buddies are calling us saying this guy does, does cocaine all the time. And uh, so I'm thinking, what a bunch of hypocrites. Then we have certain counselors that I know have drinking issues. They should be in rehab. And they're the ones voting to get rid of Rob. You know, and I know certain counselors, they've done drugs in the past. So, and, and federal members, provincial members, uh, drinking's a massive problem up in Ottawa. It's a massive problem in Parliament. And we, we see people who, who resign and take leaves because and of it all the time. Um, y- you wrote very poignantly about mm-hmm. how you felt when you realized that mm-hmm. this was true and the extent of Rob's problem. What do you have to say to, I mean, lots of families are coping mm-hmm. with addictions. Mm-hmm. What did you learn from this, and what do you have to say to them? Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that, uh, Libby, because I, I didn't sugarcoat it. I almost I, I felt guilty after doing it, but I wanted to make sure it was clear and transparent um, what I wrote. And I was hard on Rob in our book, and uh, but there's tens of them, there's hundreds of thousands of people in this country, if not probably millions, that have an addiction of some sort. Some people have closet addictions. Some people just are open with it with their their family. Rob had a, a closet addiction. It wasn't crack. It was alcohol. Yeah, when he, he got sauced up, did he uh, try it and, and smoke it? He admitted he did. 
But uh, was Rob an addict with, with that type of drug? No, he wasn't. He was an alcoholic that led into, uh, you know, certain uh, nights that he'd be out there partying. And he, for, you know, to a certain degree, you know, Rob thought he was the average guy, but uh, he was the mayor of the city too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but do you think he would have gotten help if it hadn't been found out? Oh, I, I, yeah, every, every, everyone eventually, uh, when they're an alcoholic doing drugs, you, you hit rock bottom and you have to get help. There's two options. You either go get help or you aren't going to be around. One, one of the two. And uh, a lot of people have to hit rock, rock bottom. I was proud that Rob went to go get help. And I, I think people, well, a lot of people under understood that. Keep in mind, after Rob went to go get help, I'm not prior to Rob getting help, I, I should say, and this video was out and everything. They were doing polling at 40%. Rob still had 40% popularity, even people after they, they knew he had an issue. He went to go get help, and uh, people are willing to, uh, you know, excuse or, or understand someone having an addiction problem uh, or an indiscretion. I use Bill Clinton as an example. He had an indiscretion and soccer moms voted for him even at a higher rate than they did before the indiscretion. But what I'm getting at, people understand personal issues, Libby. They don't understand or won't accept corruption, backroom deals, lining their pockets of the taxpayers' money. No one could influence Rob. No one could buy Rob. And I can't say that with a lot of politicians in this country, in the city, in the province. I, I know it. I see it. I just can't. I can't say, here you go. You know. Okay. Here's the picture. Uh, we have to take a quick break, uh, but we'll be right back with more from Doug Ford, and we'll take your calls if you have questions for him. Uh, so we'll be right back after this. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am here with Doug Ford. We're talking about his new book, Ford Nation, Two Brothers, One Vision. Uh, we're also going to take a couple of calls. If you have questions for Doug, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Uh, and let's go to Ed. Hi, Ed, in Toronto. How are you, Libby? Fine. Uh, Do you have a question for Doug? Uh, i got a, some comments and... Uh Maybe a slight question, but uh, everything he said, to uh, my personal knowledge, is completely true. Uh, as far as um, uh, returning calls, I wasn't even in his area. <laughs> I couldn't get a call back after several calls to my own counselor, and that goes for the MP, too, by the way. Uh, I called Rob's office, and lo and behold, he called me back. So all those calls you got from people over the years that said that Rob was calling them back and showing up uh, uh, are completely correct. Now, the other thing uh, uh, Quickly, Doug Ed. mentioned, uh, and uh, he mentioned about contracts, I put it out to you, and I think you were a little uh, suspicious as to why they would study for three days on this Bluer bicycle path, for example and implement it for a year uh, instead of studying for a year and implementing it for a shorter period. Uh, I asked about uh, were tenders put out for, 
for painting those uh, lines and uh, putting uh, posts in and all that sort of thing. And I don't think you ever investigated it any further, but I wonder if all these contracts uh, that are uh, put out uh, with lucrative contracts that we pay for are ever put out to open tender and where the money goes. Well, uh, they, sh- they should be. Ed, thanks very much for your call. Well, Ed, I'm going to answer that question. Uh, before we, we went down there, there was just endless sole source deals. Nothing was online. It wasn't transparent. Uh, there was 9,000, we call them P cards, purchasing cards. Uh, people that didn't even uh, work at the city had, had their purchasing cards. One person that had passed away had purchasing cards. What we did, we, we stopped all sole source deals in its tracks. We put everything online so it will be transparent. And uh, we, we really held uh, their feet to the fire. And even, even then, uh, there, was a, there was all sorts of different scams that, that we caught on to that didn't come to you the know, forefront. You know, with saying there's a scam, you've got to be a Okay, bit well, let, let, me give, let me give you an example, okay? Here's one, one simple, small, little scam, and there was en- endless uh, scams, uh, you know, and we always got them from the frontline workers. Frontline worker calls us up and says, hey, I, I work in where they, they fix vehicles, and uh, a truck actually uh, left this place to their buddies because it outsourced uh, transmission, for example. The bill came in at $11,000. He says, Doug, when the truck came back, they didn't change anything. Sure enough, called the Auditor General, um, went in there and found out, sure enough, that, oh, they made a mistake. It wasn't $11,000. It was supposed to be $1,100 on this minor little issue that they had. Let's look at the Toronto Community Housing. Rob went in there and fired the whole bunch of them from top to bottom. There were sole source deals happening because at the time you could uh, go under $25,000. So yep. there was five, five POs written under $24,000. Uh, when we got in there, we had a, a warehouse full of uh, fluorescent tubes. We had a whole bunch of uh, toilets. Uh, you know, it was, it was just a bunch of shenanigans happening, all sorts of uh, nasty stuff happening in Toronto community housing. And now Mayor Tory just found uh, people abusing drug benefits. Oh, yeah. So I guess um, it's good to have people at City Hall who are on on top of this. Um, I'd like to turn to uh, Rob's cancer diagnosis. Um, I'm sure that was just so tough for your family, and Mm -hmm. it, it seemed to come at a time when he was dealing with his problems yeah well he he ended up uh going to into rehab and then he came out he was feeling good he was looking good um and uh the the merrill race was on so he was he was pretty engaged and one day he sat down uh libby uh we were at perkins restaurant he said uh, doug I'm, I'm not feeling well this was in the morning uh, i said go to the doctors he went to the doctors and he called me two hours later and said i'm at humber river hospital and uh, we got a problem. Can you come over? So I came over, talked to the chief surgeon and, and uh, the head of the hospital, and they said, we have to transfer you down to Mount Sinai. So in lightning speed, within two hours, his whole life changed, family changed, everything changed. It's very tragic, though, mm-hmm. given that we just had a, a story, uh, we just had a segment on wait times. You've you got to realize that yeah. you, that happened quicker for you than it, than it would have for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, yeah, it could be. It could be. All they did is take a quick scan, a CAT yeah. scan, and they saw spots. And then they went from there. And, 
you know, there's there's so many people at that time. You think, okay, you can beat cancer, and and uh, you were telling me on on break that you're a cancer survivor, so you have hope. But then we found out it was sarcoma that there isn't a there isn't a cure for sarcoma, and it's a very rare cancer, which makes it all the more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. And then we started to talk to other people that had sarcoma. And one uh, gentleman was uh, still around after. Uh, diagnosed six years ago, so we're thinking, okay, this, this, this still we have a chance here, and it went through Rob like lightning, absolutely lightning. It was, it was incredible. So, it was, and then, then he, they removed the tumor the first time. We thought, okay, we have another chance again. Yeah. And then you go back in there, and sure enough, another tumor is growing, and uh, it's, uh, it's tough. I'll tell you what a roller coaster it is. And three out of five people in our country are going to have cancer. Yep. Shocking stats, absolutely shocking. And then we came up with a mouse trial, as we say, and they take a biopsy from the patient, inject it into mice, uh, because some people, as I was saying on break, some people think there's one chemo to treat everything. It's not. It's well, that's personalized medicine. The, yeah. the problem with that, as I'm sure Rob ran into, mm. and there there are trials with doing similar things mm. with that, but it takes time. It does, and Rob fell short. He was the first candidate in in Canada to uh, get this trial, and um, the uh, Dr. Schwartz, Rochelle Schwartz, was the one who introduced it to us. The Penoff uh, family raised a million dollars to bring this these trials to to Canada, and now they've they've asked us to join in. It's called the Ford Penoff Foundation. Because if we can save other people's lives or extend other people's lives through this simple process, and it seems so simple, but we don't have it in Canada. They don't have the funding. Well, well, that's that's. There are s- similar things being done. Mm-hmm. We've done at Princess Margaret. Yeah. It's called personalized medicine, mm-hmm. uh, where they take a bit of the tumor and they look mm-hmm. at what the genetic markers for the tumor right. yeah. are, and from there they can figure out mm-hmm. what drugs might right. be working. Um, it, it's, um, I guess it's not in its infancy anymore. No, so it depends on the cancer. It depends mm-hmm. if there are, if there are, uh, if they're druggable, if there are drugs, mm-hmm. but that's personalized medicine. That's mm-hmm. where everything is going. Well, we have such great hospitals, some of the greatest doctors in, in the world that, that uh, work in, in Toronto. And, uh, we, we just have to make sure we have the, the proper funding, uh, for this. Uh, I'd like to turn to your political career. <laughs> yeah. You haven't ruled anything out. No. So what are you thinking? Well, Libby, I just, it drives me crazy. I sit back and I know what we did in, in the city in, in two years. And I ask your listeners, in the first year, year and a half, two years, uh, what's John Tory done? I'm not being sarcastic. I just want to know what has he done? I'll tell you what we did in the first uh, in the first year. You know, we, we had a great labor deal that saved $200 million. We made the TTC essential service. We gave back $60 uh, car registration tax. We privatized the garbage. He's we got his smart track system. Uh, he's working mm-hmm. on infrastructure. Smart, like what? What smart track? That's a disaster, the smart track. What do you think of the one-stop Scarborough subway? It's a disaster. Why should people, 26% of the population, get a one-stop subway when... We ended up getting the subway deal funding from the province, from the feds in the city. Are you going to run against John Tory? Well, you never know. We'll we'll see. I just have listeners, if if, you know know what he's done, tell me, because I don't have a clue what he's done outside of raise taxes, hide his taxes and water bills, 
as, as the CFO said, we're on a financial cliff and we're on the edge and we're going over the edge. We left the balance of the books balance for the first time in the history of, of the city with $140 million surplus. Well, um, and there, there, spent there are a, a lot of dollars. infrastructure projects that were not done. That well, no, that's, in, that's incorrect. No, well, that's incorrect because we funded infrastructure is 10 year plans. So we, we allocated uh, uh, in excess of uh, $10 billion for infrastructure. So it was already in, in place when, when John, John was there. His, his approval rating is 67%. Are you going to take him on with that? Yeah, well, you know, something I, I, I find that uh, ironic um, with the pollers, pollsters. So I talked to one of the pollsters, and I said, there's no way 7 out of 10 people in Scarborough and Etobicoke support John Tory. It's just not the case. I'm out there door knocking. And they said, oh, what we did is we called his supporters that voted for him and asked them, do you approve of John Tories? Well, if you vote for the guy, what are you going to say? <laughs> no, I, I don't. So, you know, let's let's see what happens. Um, and it all all depends on on who runs. You get a strong left candidate, and uh, two or three other strong candidates, and they're all of a sudden the pie gets sliced up real quick. And everyone's uh, relatively popular in the first year or two. Uh, talk to me in year three and year four. And uh, when you when you don't have any opposition, it's all kumbaya down there. When, when the lefties and the righties and everyone's getting well, along, well, that means does, they're spending he money. he does have opposition. He doesn't... Who? John Tory? Who's his opposition? Well, the, not everybody supports what he's doing. Well, I, I don't hear it out there. You never hear any opposition. You know, the media just uh, you know, coddles the guy. They, they, don't, they don't go after him. They don't hold him accountable. Even the media that used to be down there with us mm-hmm. have called me up. And these guys were heavy hitters. They, they got a bunch of rookies down there now. And th- when they're telling me this from the CBC, from other media outlets, calling me up and saying, it's a joke down there. No one's holding this guy accountable. And these are credible media people that uh, they'd hold us accountable. I'll, I'll tell you that. You couldn't sneeze without them coming after you. Well, I've, I've got to tell you, it sounds to me like you're anxious to take him on in a fight. Well, I you know, I... I, I tell John, um, and it wasn't his fault. I want to clarify this. It was not his fault. But the last fight wasn't a fair fight. I had four weeks to actually campaign against him. And I came you three did remarkably half, well, given the you know, circumstances of your candidacy. Oh, I, I always look at it, three and a half percent more, and I, I could have beaten him, and we were, we were on a roll. And I'll never forget the pollsters are, are saying, oh, you're 12, 14 points behind in Scarborough. Well, no, I'm sorry, but I won Scarborough, won the outer rim. And I physically couldn't get around the city um, in that time frame. I just, I just couldn't do it. So he, he had all the conservatives, all the liberals, the NDP supporting him. He had all the money in the world. He had the, the media, um, you know, supporting him. But uh, so the average people, uh, you know, rose up and and came close. But close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Then hand grenades. Then I look at the province. Province is in a financial disaster right now. Just an absolute disaster. So we we're we're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, when will you make a decision about running? Well, we got the provincial election in uh, roughly about a year and a half, and then we have the the city municipal election in two years. So I'm going to see what happens over the next year and and make make a decision. But I can't sit back and watch taxpayers' money get getting wasted. We have the uh, five. Uh, OPP investigations under corruption and everything with the, the province and the liberals, it's, it's staggering. Absolutely staggering. Okay. Doug Ford, Excellent. thanks so thanks much so for much joining for us. Thank you. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.